Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Thursday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast as talking season continues. Eric McLean, I am very excited about this episode. I'm trying to figure out the right name. Either it's the SAT episode, the Smarty Pants episode, the Preppy Private Schools episode. We are talking Virginia. Oh, wait, Virginia is a state school. My bad. Sorry, UVA. Virginia Cavaliers and the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Kelly, um, question before we get started. <laughs> Would you have gotten into either one of these schools as a regular student? Oh, gosh. Out of state, um, regular student, would you have gotten in? Wake Forest, no, I don't think so. Virginia, I wonder what their admissions are because they're technically a state school. Yeah. Like, okay, I was, I mean, not to brag, whatever. <laughs> I was top 5% of my Whoa. class. Whoa. How do you, how do you, I was a little how do you nerd, know that? Like, did they tell you that or you just? Oh, yeah, we knew that because I don't in remember. Texas, I think, I mean, you know, I definitely had like a 4.0 and maybe higher with AP, but I don't know if what percentage I was. Well, I knew. Because in, in Texas, if you are top, I believe they've changed it, but if you're top 7% in a public school, you automatically get into University of Texas. Wow. So that's why people knew that. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, UVA, I actually have a best friend who was a bridesmaid at my wedding who went to high school with me who went to UVA. And we were about in the same portion of our class, but she's just an incredible person, had an incredible essay and all this stuff. So <laughs> I don't know. I can't say, Mac. Yeah. I got into so, Clemson. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Definitely having a little, a little star next to my name on my application because I played football was, uh, that was good. It helped. Mac, I feel like you were the same as me. When people ask, oh yeah, like how was, what is it like applying to college? I'm like, I don't know. I think I wrote um, my name and then hit send. Yes. We didn't have to do anything. <laughs> I don't know if we should be saying that. I don't know. I didn't NCAA, have to write an hey, essay what's the NCAA or gonna, They're, they're going to be out of business anyway. Maybe Rich, maybe delete all this. I don't know. Whatever you feel like. But Kelly, can we tell everybody in case they missed it last episode about our really cool uh, adventure real quick? Yes, let's do it. Guys, we have are entering an awesome partnership with On3 Sports. On3 is going to be the college sports destination for fans who love not just the games, but the spectacle that distinguishes college football and basketball from all the other major American sports. Kelly, I'm so excited for this because it gives us new access. It gives us a new kind of pedestal to reach out to new fans on a fun and different way. Uh, our podcast is going to be all over their site. You can follow it on all ACC teams kind of web pages and the fan pages that they have. I'm really excited for it. And the national talent that they have on on three is going to be remarkable. Ivan Mazel, Chad Simmons, who is a recruiting guru. He's been there for quite some time. Kelly, it's exciting to be a part of this uh, partnership. It is. I read Ivan's piece on Bobby Bowden when he passed away, and I thought it was exceptional. I mean, Ivan Mazel is a legend. He's done great work. We are also going to be posting on the message boards at ClemsonSports.com with a take, a thought, a question from our podcast, and posting the link in there as well. Matt Connolly is with ClemsonSports.com, and Matt does a great job. He's a good friend of ours. They will be launching ACC team sites in the coming months and, and, and weeks and all that, but they also have channels for every ACC team. So if you go to on3.com, go to the ACC button, and you will see a news feed 
that relates to your team, whether it's Florida State, Wake Forest, Virginia, whatever, they've got you covered there. So on3.com, it's a great site. It's run by awesome people. I think it's going to be blowing up soon, and we are very excited to be partnering with them. That's right. On3, it combines the unique business all into one, national news, fan sites, player database, On3, the best of college sports and recruiting. We're super excited to get this partnership rolling. So you guys have to check us out on on3.com. Okay, Mac, back to our SAT episode. With the Virginia Cavaliers. I feel like I have to say it like that. In the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Okay, let's start with Virginia. <laughs> let's start with the Cavaliers. Head coach Bronco Mendenhall, sixth season. It's, it's like Fuente. I can't believe both those guys have been there for five years, going on six years. Last year, UVA went five and five, four and five in the ACC. Wins over Duke, North Carolina, Louisville, Abilene Christian, and Boston College. Preseason All-ACC, linebacker Nick Jackson picked fifth in the Coastal. It's weird because I have UVA higher, and when I saw they were fifth and they were behind Virginia Tech, I thought, that's not right. But then I remember that Virginia Tech smoked them last year. It, it's so weird. It's like Virginia has this complex. When they play Virginia Tech, they just can't seem to get it done. But I still feel like fifth in the Coastal is low for UVA. I agree with you, and I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of what does this team look like? What can they evolve into uh, and, and who are they ultimately going to be? I think the biggest kind of factor with a lot of these teams, especially with Virginia, is going to be quarterback play with Brennan Armstrong. What is he able to do the consistency-wise, being a true playmaker? And really, I don't know, I feel like he, he's not getting the respect that he deserves, quite frankly, going into this preseason and into this 21 season. So if he can be the dual-threat guy that I think he can, I think Virginia is going to turn a lot of heads and surprise a lot of people. So – the biggest concern and, and question mark that I have for Virginia, Kelly, is going to be their secondary and, and just the depth. There's a couple of good pieces here and there, some transfers coming in. But as it stands right now, the depth is an issue. And, and they were dead last in passing yards allowed last year. So the quarterbacks that they're going to face, Sam Howe, Sam Hartman, De'Ara King, uh, Malik Cunningham, Kenny Pickett, those guys are going to light them up if they do not figure it out and, and uh, you know really solve that problem. We'll talk about that when we talk defense in a second, but let's stick with the offense here. We had Tom Luganville on, believe that was June, July. Go listen to it if you <laughs> missed it. He is very high on Brennan Armstrong. And look, we saw Brennan Armstrong. He, he had a very solid year. He was hurt, so that hurt his numbers a little bit. But he combined for 23 total touchdowns, 18 through the air, five on the ground. He was great against Clemson as well. He, he was exceptional in that game. So if he can stay healthy, which is the big if, then I think UVA, I, their ceiling is pretty darn high if we're talking eight, nine wins. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. And, and again, when you look at Armstrong, he's just he's a playmaker. And, and I thought that there was going to be a big drop-off from Bryce Perkins to, to Brennan Armstrong, but there wasn't at all. And, and maybe even better in some instances, in some areas. So when I look at how they play, very similar but different in their own right. You know, I think when you think of Bryce, you think of this pretty Ferrari back there just running, escaping, skating through the defense. Brennan's like a bulldozer. He's just running right at you and figuring out ways to get yards. He's a fierce competitor. Both those guys are. Uh, but just really excited from what I saw from him. And and when you look at his tape, it's not the most like functional throwing ability or, or throwing motion, excuse me, but it's good reads. And he's getting the ball where it needs to go. And he was spectacular 
at throwing the deep ball all over the left side. He's a left-handed quarterback. And then, of course, on the the right, he was exceptional as well. So I think when you look at his play, the biggest things that we need to see from him is accuracy, you know, kind of shallow to medium. You know, that's where he really needs to improve, which sometimes it's reverse. You know, you, you see it where guys need to connect better on the deep ball. So he's explosive. He'll make all the big plays. But I think with a wide receiver like Billy Kemp, who is not a tall guy by any form or fashion, 5'9", 190, I think that's where we can see those, you know, moderate to, to short passes just skyrocket because a guy like Billy Kemp is going to be getting the ball so much. Billy Kemp is is like a safety valve for Armstrong. Exactly. And so that's what you need as a quarterback. I think if you're going to return any of these guys, you probably want to return Billy Kemp. Now, I am bummed for UVA and for UVA fans and just for us as football fans that Lavelle Davis tore his ACL. This guy was a freak. He was going to take the next step in year two. They do bring in Oklahoma State transfer tight end Jelani Woods, 6'7", 275-Mac. How is that even a tight end? Yeah, I'm super pumped for this guy. And it was funny, Kelly, when I you know, put out my top five uh, tight ends and didn't have him on there, you know, UVA fans are going berserk on me, saying, you don't know what you're talking about. This guy is going to be a beast. And I start watching a little bit of his tape, and, and I think he will be. I think he's going to be a fantastic target. You talk about safety valve. That's going to be another one where, again, you know, Armstrong, Brennan is used to throwing to these big tight ends. He had Tony Poljan a year ago, six foot seven. Now he has maybe a more athletic uh, six seven and, and just an overall monster at 275. I think he's going to fit into this offense seemingly well. Uh, the, the biggest thing for Virginia offensively for me is this creativity. And, and how is Keaton Thompson going to be involved? Because I think he has to be. You know, similar to what we discussed with Florida State and having a guy like Jordan Travis can't just sit on the sideline. Keaton can do more for you and has to be involved, whether it's at wide receiver, tight end, running back, quarterback. Just get him on the field and let him be this Swiss Army knife. And, you know, it was funny when, when I was talking with Coach Bronco Mendenhall at, at Media Day and just said, you know, what is this offense? And he said, I have no clue. And guess what? Defenses have no clue. And we don't know what to call it. Don't know how to defend it. it it's just this conglomerate of ballers and athletes similar to almost like a 3-3-5 defense where you just have athletes on the field. That's what Robert and I, offensive coordinator in this Virginia team, are doing with Keaton Thompson. Just put him out there and see what happens and, and see what we can do and you know put more people in, in these positions to win. So I think that's a piece. And then, of course, the run game, Kelly, with, with Wayne Talapapa uh, and Brennan Armstrong. I think Wayne... He's not really that true running back one, but he's all Virginia has. You know, he is a sledgehammer. He's a guy that can get you those tough yards. If you're on the goal line, give it to him. He's going to score touchdowns. But I don't. He's not like an every down type of back. And maybe he'll turn into that. Maybe he'll become that. Uh, but I think Brennan is going to get. I think he's going to be their leading rusher when it's all said and done. And uh, that that can be taxing and wearing on a quarterback. But I think he has the uh, you know kind of the, the body and the mindset to do so. That concerns me. That, that's my main concern with UVA. When your quarterback has to be your leading rusher, injuries are most likely going to happen at some point. And that's the key for Virginia is they have to keep Brandon Armstrong healthy. So if Talapapa can be more consistent and take some of that load, I think that's going to be really important. 
And Mac, I'm waiting for UVA to take your phrase and make it into a t-shirt, a conglomerate of ballers. <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's an NIL deal waiting to happen. But you know where there's yes. also a conglomerate oh of ballers? Is that offensive line? These guys are a little bit underrated. Oh, and, what yeah, a transition. That? They, uh, they, they've got a, a nice offensive line. I think one of the, the best centers uh, you know, kind of in the country here, the ACC is we talk about a lot of loaded positions. Low key, Kelly, the center position in the ACC is extremely, extremely deep. Well, we know that's what sells the tickets. That's right. That's right. They've got a uh, big Timmy at center and looking at Alua Timmy, he is a guy that is just a bulldozer and great in passing, great in the run block. I did a couple of tapes on him last year where He's just taking guys from A to B against their will and then ending up on their back and just crushing them. So it starts with him. Chris Glasser, another guy that's really good. Ryan Nelson at left tackle. Bobby Haskins rotates in and out of there. So this offense line is going to be spectacular. Kelly, I think if there's one way to help your quarterback, it's pave the way. Let him get some easy yards. Protect him in the passing game. So that's one area that you know I think Virginia a little bit underrated uh, that the offensive line is going to be really, really good. Okay, let's talk defense. You brought up their secondary at the beginning of our UVA discussion. They were dead last in the ACC last year and nearly dead last in the country, honestly, in passing yards allowed, giving up over 300 yards per game through the air. They do return three of four starters in the secondary. Mac, like, you have to get better, right? I mean, you can't get worse. Kelly, there are times there are times when bringing back starters isn't a good thing, and oh, no. this might be one of them. But I will tell you again, talking with Coach at Media Day, they're pretty excited about some transfers they have coming in to help this defensive backfield. Anthony Johnson, one guy, uh, was at Louisville. So, again, guys that really come out and, and are great defensive backs. Louisville has had kind of a trend of that, and maybe it was a little bit where he got out recruited at Louisville. But Anthony Johnson, I think, will help. You've got to think Joey can just get back to, again, kind of his 2018-19 time where you know he, he got better and better and then maybe went a little bit backwards in 20. Um, but I, I just don't know how much those guys can improve. What I, what I can tell you I am excited about is up front, specifically with Noah Taylor. He's a guy that is six foot six, 240 pounds, runs like a deer. I watched him have an interception for like 100 yards for a touchdown last year against Louisville. Uh, just a guy that can really do a lot for you, whether it's coming off the edge, it's in coverage, it's man-to-man. He can be matched up on big tight ends, bigger wide receivers, and really be a key point. And then, of course, Nick Jackson at linebacker. I mean, a guy that is so versatile, is not afraid at all to come straight downhill, hit you in the mouth, can run with receivers, can run with tight ends, and, and again, loves to blitz. I mean, he's a guy, this Virginia package, they, they like to do some creative things, not as you know, creative as a Clemson or a Pittsburgh, but they'll do some things and put guys in different positions. And he's not afraid to get after the quarterback. He he got 24 pressures last year on quarterback. So he's going to be the key. He's going to be the heart and soul of this defense, along with his guy, Noah Taylor. I hate to belabor the point here, Mac, and I'm sorry, UVA fans, but this stat, like you said, the secondary has to get better. Nick Jackson is a stud. We know that. But the secondary in general – UVA allowed 29 receptions of 30 or more yards last season in a shortened season. Like we weren't playing 15 games, guys. That's got to get better. It has to. It has to. And again, you look at their schedule, who they're playing, 
It's going to be teams that, guess what, love to throw the football. I mentioned North Carolina, Wake Forest. I mean, that's what the ACC is this year. Like, we have so many great quarterbacks that if your secondary is not on point, you're going to struggle. There's no question question about it. Again, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Miami, Louisville if they're back, Pittsburgh – Those guys are going to throw the ball. As I just mentioned in the previous episode with Virginia Tech, they're going to have to defend. Both of these teams, when you look at their defensive secondary, that's kind of the question mark, if you will, for the team. The secondaries in the Commonwealth need to step up. Okay, special teams, real fast. New kicker, new punter. Hopefully they're playing a lot of soccer practice and and getting ready for that. But Billy Kemp is back to return punts. So that's very good news for UVA. You know, special teams. We, we spoke about it. I'm not talking about it anymore. <laughs> Sorry, special teams. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, win total for UVA is six. Mac, I, oh gosh, this schedule. Okay, The here's the thing, and this is why I like this about the ACC this year. Be, if you have Duke or Syracuse on your roster, or on your schedule, for most teams, I'm going to say, okay, that's a win. Beyond that, I, I don't want to give you a legit, you know, I don't know if I can say that's a win. Like UVA hosting Wake Forest. I mean, that's going to be a toss-up. So when you look at this schedule, you have William and Mary. I think they beat Illinois. I think they beat Duke. I think you can beat Georgia Tech at home. So that's four right there. And then, you know, can they get three more to get over the six? They have a tough November. They have BYU October 30th at BYU. Bye week. Notre Dame at Pitt, Virginia Tech. That's a very tough finish, and I think it's always difficult to take the over with UVA because if it comes down to the Virginia Tech game, I just don't have that confidence in UVA that they they can get it done, even if they've looked like the better team than Virginia Tech all year. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think looking at the schedule, I I think I feel pretty good about the over. You know, I think seven wins is is pretty solid, but if Brennan Armstrong can do what I think he can, if he can stay healthy, I'm not... I would not be shocked with eight or nine at all. And, and I Ooh. think that he's that good of a player. I think this defense is going to recover enough to be in ball games. Uh, but he's he's that special. I truly think that. I have him as my number five quarterback going into this season. And it's a, it, it's an easier start with two games. Then it gets, you know, quick in a hurry. And, you know, North Carolina being there, Wake Forest, and then uh, Miami and Louisville. Th- those are going to be four really explosive offenses back to back to back that – are you going to be in barn burners? Are you going to be able to keep up? That's where I think it it is going to come down to. I don't think they're going to stop those teams, but can you keep up and match them throw for throw, run for run, point for point? That will be what determines UVA season. Is this an Eric McLean guarantee? No. I feel good <laughs> about it, but I'm not guaranteeing it. Okay. All right. I like it. <laughs> and I think, okay. honestly, Kelly, the reason is just because what you were so afraid of earlier it's so dependent on one position. It's yes, so dependent on the quarterback, and he's going to be so involved, way more risk of injury than, than most, just because, again, he, he's going to have to do everything for this team. So it, it's hard to guarantee when you have such a, uh, such a risk factor as the yeah. quarterback position here. I agree. Okay, sticking with our SAT nerd alert theme, <laughs> Wake Forest. We love Wake. We love I Wake. Love Wake. My mother-in-law went to Wake. I've oh, there you go. Got love. Got love for Wake. She's a little bit of a nerd, and I love her. Okay. Head coach Dave Clawson, eighth season at Wake Forest. Hard to believe. Wake went four and five last year, three and four in the ACC. Wins over the Campbell Camels. Uh, didn't you call that game, Eric McLean? I called that game first ever. Yes, How about that? let's go. Wake Forest, special place. There you go. Life. That's right. 
They also beat Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Syracuse. They lost their last three games of the year in pretty much blowout fashion to North Carolina, Louisville, and Wisconsin in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Preseason All-ACC, Jaquari Roberson, wide receiver, and Nick Skiba, place kicker. We're going to have to talk some special teams, Mac. Picked fifth (laughs) in the Atlantic. Interesting. Overall, Wake Forest has nine super seniors. They returned 19 starters, and they had eight freshmen who enrolled early. So Wake is a program, as you've talked about, Mac. They're a developmental program. And the fact that they get to return nine super seniors and 19 starters are returning, that I feel like that those are good signs for the Deeks. No, there's no question. And what was so interesting when you talk to these you know, coaches when you do get to call games and you get that access to – you know, just really sit with them for 30, 40 minutes and and talk to them. Wake Forest is a developmental team, and and they were hurt by COVID a year ago by just not being able to get guys in, help them get along the way, develop the talent, develop all these things because of the limitations and restrictions, you know, that, that COVID caused. So I think going into this year with all that experience coming back, Kelly, with all that, you know, kind of baptized by a fire experience for some of these young guys, uh, and, and super seniors that decided to come back, they're going to be in a really good position. This is going to be a very old team, a very experienced team. I am very high on this offense and think that they are going to be extremely explosive, 36-plus points per game, maybe lead the ACC or be right behind Clemson. But I, I think these guys are going to do it and uh, you know be a, a really explosive offense. I'm high on Wake as well. And you know it starts with Sam Hartman. Um, speaking of highs, he's, he's had highs and lows. I think last year, you know, he was really good in the first seven games. He didn't throw a single pick. And then the last two games, he had five interceptions combined, which was tough to see. He was excellent against North Carolina. And then Louisville, Wisconsin, he kind of fell apart. So what do we need to see from Hartman to be more consistent? Is it just growing up in that wake system, obviously taking better care of the ball, but do you think he can do that? You know, I think honestly, it, it might be one of these cases where we see a number and we're like, mm, that's really bad, but maybe need to look into the number a little bit more. I, I think, a, you know, three of those were tips, which is a drop pass, should have been a catch that are picks. And, and really, it's, it was almost like desperation where I have to make something happen. And, and so I think when you're put into that position, it's tough. Of course, uh, Wake Forest led the country in turnover margin going into those first seven, eight weeks, and then it kind of plummeted. I still think they ended up being number one, uh, but just something that you got to take care of the ball all the time. Sam, is he's a tremendous quarterback, super underrated, super under the radar for the, the national scene. He's a guy, Kelly, his fade route is almost automatic, and it's been that way since he was a freshman. I mean, he has such great completion percentage on the outside, just being able to throw it up to these great wide receivers. Uh, and Jaquari Roberson, he's the next one up. And, and he's a guy that can absolutely take the top off of a defense, get the ball short and take it long. He, he's just a special player. So I think the combination of those two is something that's going to be really fun to watch this year. Yeah, plus Christian Bill Smith. I mean, if we're just talking triplets, right, a quarterback, a wide receiver, a running back, I think Wake – would have a case to be up there in the ACC. You have three proven proven guys, at least somewhat proven, uh, maybe with Hartman, but Ja'Cory Roberson and Christian Bill Smith for sure. So you have a star in each of those skill positions, which is really exciting for the Deeks. Where do you have Ja'Cory Roberson in the ACC? He was preseason all ACC, 
which puts him top three in the mind of, of all of the voters. Is that where you have him? Yeah, I have him at number two. Um, and if it wasn't, you know, Justin Ross, that was kind of a question mark for a long time. He would have been number one. And some people still have him as number one with, with just the question mark of production, you know, from Ross being out a full year. So he's an explosive guy. Again, a, a wide receiver that really can take the top off. He, he's a guy that can do seam routes, can do go routes, uh, loves to the quick out and the hitch. And the, the most impressive part about when he runs those outs and hitches is he can catch it and then take off. It's not just a catch and fall down, a catch and get tackled. He's going to be a guy that finds the hole in coverage, gets in it, and then just explodes for more yards and touchdowns. I think we'll see the the touchdown number go up, of course, with a longer season and, and just be more of a reliable target. And also uh, with Donovan Green going out uh, for the season, you know, Jaquari's going to have to become the guy. So I have him at wide receiver number two. Another sneaky guy. Kelly, that I have for this Wake Forest offense is Taylor Morin. He was a guy that was outside, inside at the slot, and really can do a bunch of things for this Wake Forest team. I think that we'll see between the two of those guys just a lot of production coming from the wide receiver position and reliable targets. Don't drop passes, get into open windows, and, and find a way to make plays. Mac, what was your um, characterization of Wake's O-line last year? I know you say when you're returning starters, it's not always <laughs> the best thing, but they have five returning starters on the O-line. They return basically every offensive starter. It's it's unbelievable. I know Donovan Green is hurt, but they have a lot of continuity there. So how do we feel about this O-line? Good. And in this instance, really good. The Beef Boys are, are going to be feeling great. <laughs> They're all back together. Uh, they have a guy at Zach Tom who was a tremendous center. Again, would have been in this uh, you know, kind of conglomerate of great centers that now is at left tackle. That's kind of a weird move. You don't really <laughs> see that happen. He did it last year and, and really you know, I think wasn't given enough credit, especially moving out to a position like that. He is now going to be there for a full year, have that experience. I expect him to be one of the absolute leaders. And then Big Nash on the other side, I think another guy that is going to be really exciting for these guys that, again, Wake Forest offensive line should be able to just mash people, pass protect well, and create kind of a movement of that line of scrimmage. Let's talk defense. This defense wasn't great last year, um, gave up 435 yards per game. But what you mentioned earlier, Mac, they were first in the ACC in turnover margin and eighth nationally, plus 10. So they were able to cause some turnovers. Sometimes I worry about that being able to carry over to the next year. Are you going to have the same kind of turnover luck? But this defense in general, they need to improve in the, in the linebacking core. They had injuries in the secondary. It seems like everyone had injuries in the secondary last year. How improved can this defense be? Yeah, well, again, kind of similar to you know some of these other teams we've talked about in these last two or three episodes here. They they have to improve for their team to you know be able to accomplish the goals that they want. And I think there's a big kind of question mark and and hole that will be there that is left by you know our guy Boogie, who is now in the NFL, and and what he was able to do for this team and Boogie Basham being able to create havoc, tackles for loss, sacks, be a guy that you just had to bring attention to. Who's going to step up and, and be that? Is it going to be Jaquari Johns? Is it going to be Miles Fox? You know, between those two, I think that there's a real good opportunity. Jaquari is a guy that he's shown that quick twitch. He's shown that athleticism that he can fill that void, but it's going to be consistency. Can they continue to, uh, you know, step up and be that? Defensive backfield, another reason that I have some concern here. You know, I think that Carson at cornerback 
is, is their best returning, you know, cornerback of the position. I think he's going to really have to step up. I think uh, Nazir Greer is a guy. Uh, Jasir Taylor. I love those two players. And then, of course, my guy, uh, Nick Anderson at the safety position, a guy who really took advantage of his opportunity, balled out, made extreme improvements throughout the year. So there's talent there, Kelly. If they're healthy, I'm excited about it. If they're dealing with injury and things of that nature, it might be more of the same. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see, can this defense help at all, or is it going to be Wake Forest having to score 30, 40 points a game to get these wins. Well, and I think that's what it's going to have to be. So if Wake can force turnovers, which is what they did last year, that's that's really what you need to ask of this defense. Do they need to be great? No, if the Wake offense can stay healthy and can put up points like they did last year. So I feel like that's kind of the philosophy with Wake. We do need to mention Nick Skiba, the most accurate kicker in ACC history. <laughs> he, he's a weapon, big. and he's a guy that I guarantee does not play soccer at practice. And so, Nick, I respect no, you. Focused. I'm excited you're back. Um, was my number one <laughs> ACC kicker. We kind of had some breaking news about that last episode, but he's the guy. And, and I think that, uh, again, he, he's a guy that can do it from anywhere, super accurate, and when he goes on the field, you're expecting at least three points. Okay, my burning question and the win total are very related because my burning question for Wake is, will the bowl streak continue, right? They're looking for their sixth straight bowl, which is huge. Their win total is six and a half. I like Wake. I like him a lot, Mac. Here's my concern. November, at North Carolina, NC State, at Clemson, at Boston College. That could very well be an 0-4 November. And so you got to win seven in the first two months, and, and that's going to be tough. Can I give you a hot take real quick? Please. I think they're going to be 8-1 and one going into November 13. November 6, oh, November 6. I think they're going to be 8-1 and one going into the Carolina game. Is that an Eric McLean guarantee? It is. I'm, I'm going to guarantee it. it. Oh, I totally do. I, so I will guarantee take the over big time. I mean, what? hammer it. Six and a half, I feel really good about this. In this day and age that offense rules football – You've got to be excited about this team. In the day and age where experience is at an all-time high, take Wake Forest. I, I, I'm loving the schedule, love the way it sets up. You've got two easy games to start the season, and then maybe even a third one. Who knows what Florida State's going to look like. Then your true test comes against a Virginia team that you beat a year ago that you've got to feel confident about. And at this point, you're feeling explosive. You're feeling confident. You believe in your team. So, but, Kelly, this is what we see from Wake Forest is they always, it seems like, have this amazing start. They're undefeated, yeah. and then they run into a buzzsaw, and the season just falls apart. And they get injured. Exactly. That's the exactly. problem. Exactly. So the the depth is always a concern, uh, but I, I think Sam Hartman is that good. I think this offense is that good where circle November 6th, they're going to be 8-1, and one, and it's going to be a Ooh. barn burner of a game. And really, it'll have to be to finish the season. You're You're looking at... Great offenses, great defenses, and it's it's uh, it's going to be a fun season. Wake Forest is one of the teams that each and every week I cannot wait to see what they do. Okay, if Wake's 8-1 and, and North Carolina's either one loss or undefeated on November 6th, college game day is going to be in Chapel Hill <laughs> for right. Wake Forest, North Carolina. I, Mac, I'm with you. I like this Wake team. I think they can go undefeated in October, especially. November scares me because – if you need a win to get to that over, 
Um, I just I think that's going to be a tough month. But look, I, I really am excited about this Wake Forest team and excited to see what the Deeks can do. Absolutely. Offense wins championships. That's, That's what right. they say, guys. This is another awesome episode. Go check out our producer's podcast, Rich Take on Sports. Richmond Weaver has so much fun on his podcast with great guests, all walks of life, and it's all centered around sports. Really fun stories. You guys will love checking that out. But that's it from us. Another great episode of Gramlick and McLean. We always appreciate you guys listening. If you haven't already, Go over to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating, write us a review. It's always great to hear from y'all, but until next time, we'll see y'all.